Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's This Week in UNC Baseball with head coach Scott Forbes. I am Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Coach Forbes, that is relevant because Johnny T-Shirt is selling all your new uniforms. They've got all the Carolina baseball swag in stock now. So let's start there. The uh, the baby blue pinstripes, the Carolina blue pinstripes, looked kind of strong yesterday. Just sort of tell us how the new look came to be. Yeah, it was a year where I think it's every four or five years, Tommy, we redesign our uniforms. Um, so we sat down as a staff, took a lot of time. I'm also with Dave and Daniel Wilkerson involved in Carter Hicks and just looked at the different ones we currently had and what we wanted to try to accomplish as far as new uniforms go. Um, We've been wanting pinstripes. I've been wanting pinstripes forever. Uh, But so we had to wait for the new cycle. Um, So we did design two pinstripe uniforms, uh, one to kind of take the place of the old Smurfs, the same look for the most part with the Navy accessories. You could also wear kind of blue accessories with it. It looks pretty good if you're going for the total blue look. Um, we did a, a white pinstripe, which hasn't been broken out yet because the pants have not come in. Um, we're excited about breaking that out. Um, you know, we designed the new two, two other new tops. Um, one is more for the road or maybe a midweek game with some Navy accents to it. Um, you know, Bubba wants us to wear as much Carolina blue and white as possible. Uh, and therefore, we, we don't wear grays anymore and we don't wear the navy anymore because Carolina blue is our color. Um, but we can have some navy accents with it or some navy trimming. And then we kept the sleeveless because it's one of our favorite uniforms, just touched it up a little bit. And we also still have the old Smurfs um, if we ever decide to pull those out. But the new ones are the Pro Line uniforms made by Nike, really comfortable. Our guys really like the one they wore in the opener. 
Um, they really like the way the pants fit in the top. Same thing yesterday. So really it was a lot of fun and you're just holding your breath because they look great on the computer. Or they look great. And you're like, okay, what are they going to look like when they come in? And man, Nike really nailed it. They did a great job. And uh, you can, you can also with the, the Carolina blue, you can go old school with stirrups. You can pull them up, you can leave them down. So there are a lot of different options, but uh, our guys love it. And that's what's most important to me. Yeah. You guys always wear, I mean, I remember the, the uniform bracket that was out over the summer or in the fall, Carolina baseball is always at the top of that list. When you decide what you're going to wear, um, whether it's the all blues or, or the all whites or whatever, who decides that? Is that a coaching thing or is that a senior captain thing or how does it work on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, ultimately it's a coaching thing at the end, but the input on certain guys. Um, also, you're going to get input on your from your starting pitcher. That's kind of how we've always done it. What do they like to wear the best? Uh but I listen to the guys, you know, and, and get their opinions. And then we kind of we kind of set those uniforms um, based on that. But at home, for the most part, besides that Carolina blue pinstripe, it's going to be traditional. I love the Carolina blue. I love the white. Uh, that's why I love our sleeveless. Um, you know, our, I love our, our, our white two buttons. So as much in white Carolina blue at home as possible and then break out those Carolina blue pinstripes on Sundays uh, for those big rubber matches or, or a chance to get a sweep. Yeah, I can't lie. I do like the Navy. And I know Bubba's directive across the across the board, but the Navy's look strong as well. Speaking of looking good, though, uh, pretty impressive start uh, this weekend. I'm not sure how good Wagner ultimately is going to be, but the bottom line is you score 46 runs. Um, you have a lot of success behind the plate. What sort of if anything, and, and I know the coach speak answer, but I want to know what sort of surprised you this weekend about your team overall against Wagner? Um, obviously, I'm going to be the most nitpicky one. So what surprised me the most was that Colby and Madera had three of our errors because um, they're arguably two of our best defenders. Um, I feel like it didn't really surprise me because I'd seen it in the preseason, but you're, you're, you're going to be a little bit surprised anyway with these freshmen. I was very pleased with their poise and their presence and how they attacked hitters. They weren't perfect by any means. And even Peterson with his first start, him and Olin had long, long sets, so we got to work on that. But offensively, we thought our offense also had a chance to be extremely dynamic, but we also thought one of their strengths was they knew the strike zone. And they work so hard, and Coach Weir's worked so hard on them to the extent in BP, like don't swing at a ball even in BP, even when we're just throwing it, because the trap man is real now. The umpire's zones are smaller, and a walk is just like a single, but you got to buy into it because every hitter is really hunting base hits um, at times until they understand that this that's not an attainable goal. The only attainable goal offensively with a bat is to try to have a good at bat and get a good swing off because you can, you know, Vanderbilt had one day where he hit four balls on the nose and was over. Um, but in our book, those were four good at bats. Um, I would say the two things that I wouldn't be surprised, but I was really pleased with, um, or three things where our, our pitchers had great presence and they attacked the strike zone. Um, we had some young players that played a lot and they played well. Um, and overall, offensively, we put a lot of pressure on Wagner by controlling the strike zone, also really being aggressive. We worked hard on vault stealing at first base, vault stealing at second base. We want that to be a part of our game one through nine and even the slower guys being able to read dirt balls. 
Yeah, when you look at it, and I asked you about it, the the approach when what I have eighteen walks yesterday on Sunday, which is, I mean that's 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 poor, uh, but you guys were still able to focus and st- and not swing at bad pitches. I thought one of the more interesting comments was Casey after the game said, "You can still get yourself out against a struggling pitcher by not being disciplined," and just sort of talk about again how much you guys work on that. Um, is it rewarded? How do you reward good plate appearances? Is it more plate appearances for guys? Like in yeah. practice, you know, if, if Coach Forbes is throwing BP and he can't find the zone, um, you know, and guys are watching a lot, is it something there where it's a reward if you have a good at bat, even if it's not a hit for these guys? Yeah, we, we keep our own quality at bat chart. We've had it for years because we really want our offense to understand that batting average is is overrated. I mean, hits are hits. Some guys just get hits, but batting average is an overrated stat. You know, what is your OPS? What is your on-base percentage? Your slugging, that type of thing. Um, so we do talk about it, and we reward our team. Like, hey, a walk or a hit by pitch is a single. And with our speed in this lineup, for the most part, and the power, if you get on base, your chances of scoring are pretty dang good. And your chances of also getting to second base. You know, if you walk in your Vance Honeycutt, Madera, D'Onofrio, even now Casey Cook, Vanderbray, they're both base stealers. There's a chance that guy's going to get in scoring position with less than two outs or sometimes even with two, but he's in scoring position. So we work on it extremely hard. If I'm throwing BP, there are a lot of balls anyway, so it's a good time to work on it. Um, but you have to emphasize it. You know, but the, the the challenge is you never want your hitters walking up to the plate looking for a walk. You want them going up there to do damage, being aggressive, ready to swing. Um, so we just, you know, we shrink that strike zone depending on the umpire and depending on what type of data. And then you have to adjust because the umpire can be big sometimes. There's nothing you can do about it. Making that adjustment quick, but hunting our pitches. And until we get two strikes, if you don't get it, you know, you're going to try to shut it down and not get yourself out. And that's what's funny. You said that Casey got to third and he was mad at himself because he said, you know, he really felt like on the weekend when he got out, he was just going out of the strike zone. And that can happen, Tommy, when you're facing a a pitcher or pitching staff that's maybe not as good. Your your mentality goes, hey, I'm going to get my hits today. I'm going to hit me a couple of doubles and home runs instead of just your same approach. It has to be the same period, and that is I'm going to get my pitch. If you don't get your pitch, you're going to get out most of the time, no matter who the pitcher is. Yeah, and that was interesting. And a couple picky things, I guess, for me. There there were some strikeouts. You guys had some strikeouts. Honeycutt obviously had a couple home runs, but he struck out, what, two or three or four times. Mm -hmm. Um, What what do you say to a guy like that who – and Asuna did the same thing in game one, and then he tore it up on the weekend – it's either a strikeout or a home run or or a walk and a bunch of bases. How, how do you sort of work a, a work through a, with a guy like Honeycutt and Asuna there to keep them focused on staying present, staying consistent at the plate, mm-hmm. not swinging at bad pitches? Well, like we just talked about, it's kind of a – you want to be careful from the standpoint. You never use the words as a coach. I try not to ever use can't, you know, won't, don't. So we never say don't, you know, try try not to strike out. Let's just, as coaches, let's get in there and look at the video, which Weirs has already done this morning. What did you strike out on? Um, number one, was it a ball? If it's a ball, then let's just That's a you problem. 
Yeah, like are you hard on your front foot or that type of thing mechanically, and that's where the coaching comes in. And then, you know, that first game I always as a coach, even no matter who it is, the first game, even for me, every year, if you're not excited, overexcited, I get more like – I don't like to use the word anxious, but I'll use it in this situation for the game one, the season opener, and then I do – when I was in the dugout for the national championship, it was just a different feeling because you played so many games, the unpredictable, you're ready to start. So I kind of throw that game one out a little bit. And then, you know, just saying, hey, for us, it all starts with being on time. And a lot of times if our hitters timing gets off, that's where their strikeouts increase because they're not able to recognize, especially off speed pitches out of the zone. And nowadays, you know, everybody wants to try to throw a fastball by you. So we start with that. We're going to be on time for our fastball. And if we're not, it can show mechanically. And a guy like Vance, you know, if you, if you broke him down a little bit, he was a little jumpy, a little hard. You saw some of his takes, a little hard on that front foot. He slows that down a little bit, and he lays off some of those pitches. A guy that – this is, I think, in Grace's article, 15 new faces for you guys played this weekend. May have, maybe 16 with Caleb Cost out there. But Parks Harbor is a guy who, who comes from a big-time program, big-time conference. That's all we ever hear about is the SEC. But he comes in for you, and I mentioned the seamless transition on Friday. He has a good weekend. Maybe could have had a couple pickups at first there on some balls. But yeah. if, you, if you look at a guy like that that comes in from a program that's had some success – what do you think of his performance? I, I think that he – you mentioned in the offseason he's going to play and play a lot, not come off the field, but actually getting to see him in real game action. What do you think of Harbor? Yeah, what was refreshing was he was just as as excited as everybody else, even though he's played in the SEC and played in front of big – it means a lot to him to be at UNC, and he appreciates being here, and he wants to help us win. Um I saw what I expect. He's going to have great at-bats. Uh, he's going to find the barrel most of the time. That time he struck out is rare, you know, going out of the zone too much. Um, and, again, with Parks, it's, it really is with timing. That's his only issue. He doesn't have many issues offensively. Um, and I agree, you know, we always want to work on certain things. He felt like he should have dug those balls. And the more he's over there, the better he's going to get at it. And I also told our – left side like okay you got a six foot five or however tall parks is what's easier for him to catch a ball where he has to raise up a little bit or he has to go down so we don't like to point fingers easily like our infielders at this level need to be throwing the ball right here to the chest but that is a big part of your defense being good you're dead on Tommy. your first baseman needs to be a gold glove type caliber but i couldn't have been more pleased i was giving him a hard time because he didn't he only he hit out of all of his extra base hit it was a triple that he flared down the right field line. Um, but his home runs are going to come in bunches, and they're going to come to all parts of the field. And, and, and he's a guy that definitely doesn't try to do too much. I think the better the pitching, the more home runs you're going to see off him. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch how he's just integrated himself. And you mm -hmm. got a, you got a bunch of transfers and a bunch of freshmen, but to see a guy that's played at that level, it's one thing to play at a, at a quote-unquote lower level and yeah. come up, but then another guy that's – you know, probably at equal level, or if you want to go into the SEC is the greatest, then then maybe, um, you know, he, he's coming into a situation where he's – you said it. He doesn't walk around like his stuff stink, doesn't stink, mm -hmm. and, and that's going to be a beneficial for you. We're talking with Coach Forbes on This Week in Baseball. Johnny T-shirt and Congruity, the sponsors. Coach Forbes, we talk about the hitting all day. He scored 46 runs, Casey Cook, Madera, I thought looked good. Um, but let's talk about the pitching, and I thought – 
watching Saturday especially, I thought, is it conceivable that North Carolina has ultimately three freshman weekend starters? And I think Peterson, you mentioned the, the long sit and the issue that caused him, but I thought Peterson sort of left the door open for that possibility maybe. Um, start with Folger Boaz, great kid, uh, personable kid, and he came out there and did it for you on Friday night. Yeah, I think he's got a chance to be special. He's not going to be perfect, um, but he's got command. He's got three pitches. Um, he's competitive. He's already a leader at his age. Uh, he, he's very, very competitive, which is a big trait you're looking for in young players that aren't going to back down from the situation. I uh, thought he was outstanding. You know, again, like he said, he couldn't even hardly feel his feet, his first pit, his first batter, just because it's your first college outing and you're pitching on Friday night. And You know, we can say, hey, you know, don't make anything more out of it because you're the Friday night starter, but these guys know. Uh, so I, th I thought he set the tone. I thought he threw great. Um, you know, you, you have to expect a Friday night game against anybody and everybody these days to be pretty close for a while. Um, and, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought his poise was outstanding. When you look at Peterson's performance, was it a long sit? Uh, I mean, how do you sort of rate him and Olin's Saturday and Sunday. Well, I mean, you know, I was... It was Pierce's first start ever as a Tar Heel. Um, and he had some really good starts towards the end of the Cape. So he has started before, but he hasn't started for us. Um, and he's one of those kids that does everything right, works his tail off. I mean, his stuff out of the gate was, I mean, every pitch I think was 94, 95. It was electric. Second in the same. And third, that long sit. You know, helping him manage that. Because what happens with pitchers mentally is, we scored five both days. We took the lead. You have to learn as a pitcher how to have a shutdown inning and, but also not overplay it. You know, it's just like a, a closure coming in, trying to get that first guy out is the thing we need to emphasize the most when you come out of that, how much you throw in between. Um, you know, I remember all those years as a pitching coach, that's, it's not easy when you sit that long. Um, you would almost rather your offense instead of scoring seven, like, or if they score seven pretty quick, ground to a double play. I never think like that. So we have to do a good job to help. But I think that was what it was. We're going to keep him on Saturday. But, yeah, that could be conceivable because he could also be in the bullpen and supplement our bullpen because you saw one to two innings. It's 94-95. The cutter's getting swing and misses as well as the split. And now he's added the curveball. So I'll be interested to see how he does this week. But I could also see him going out there this week and throwing six innings. He's capable of doing that. Um, I don't know how many walks he had off the top of my head, but it wasn't too much of a command issue. I just felt like his command got a little scattered in that third inning. Yeah, I think he had four, and I'm four. not sure how many of those came in the third inning. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you're sitting over there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. the way you guys are hitting, I certainly understand it. Um, the bullpen, obviously, and I was joked with you yesterday because it was so cold about a run rule, and you rightfully said we need these innings early to see guys. Mm -hmm. As far as how much can you glean from – you've seen them all fall in all mm -hmm. preseason, but how much can you glean just from two or three innings or, or two or three outs that they've pitched in an opening series to sort of know where your guys are? Percival looked good. Will Simmons yeah. struggled with control. I mean, mm -hmm. how, much, how important is those however short outings in a series like that for you? Yeah, they're very important because no matter what, scrimmage is different. You know, we've been, had kids here who were lights out the whole fall, lights out the whole preseason, and they just scuffled in the real games. And we've had the opposite. Um, I remember meeting with Rob Wooten before the 07 season, 
telling him he was last on our depth chart and he might face a righty and he broke the career appearance record. Um, so there's always a couple like that. Um, but you're also looking for a guy like Purcell. He's a great example because we felt like he had made a jump. His body, his command, his stuff, his presence, and was that going to transition into the game? And it did. Um, and now we have to help Will, who showed some really good stuff at times, uh, you know, transition, being able to control those emotions and, and, and get better poise where he can get back in the strike zone quicker. But I feel like even after one weekend, um, you know, we feel pretty good. We got DeCaro starting tomorrow night against Elon, which I'm really excited to see. So we started three out of four freshmen and then Flannery piggybacked Olin yesterday. And again, he had he's had pretty solid command the whole preseason and he had the jitters. Uh, he settled in and gave us some important innings. Um, but, I, you know, the, the staff will start – the roles will start evolving pretty quick. Like, we won't go to Dalton Pence that early when our starters, you know, and our relievers are linked out a little bit more. We'll try to hold Dalton Pence and Matt Poston for a little bit later in the game. But a guy like Aiden Hawk, Hauk, threw really good. Um, the below board was broken, but I think he was <laughs> – in the zone at 93, 94, touching 95. He's got an out pitch. And we got some returners. Percival, Padgett, and, and Matthias have all improved, and they're going to help us. Yeah, you got just a, a, a ton of arms down there to choose from. A couple more questions for you, Coach, and I always appreciate you joining me. Um, Absolutely. How – with the depth you have and, and the quality depth you have, how much pressure is it on the guys to perform – when they get the opportunity. How, as a coaching staff, I remember last year, you started, I believe, Austin Hawk at second. Vanderbreek came in Saturday and Sunday and never looked back. Mm -hmm. um, similar situation perhaps this week. But how important it is it, or how tough is it on the guys with the pressure that if I don't perform, I've got it, one or two guys behind <laughs> me that yeah. certainly will welcome – they will gladly take my spot. Yeah, you know – I went through it as a player. Every player goes through it, but it's good for them because it's called life. That's what's the great thing about college sports. You know, there comes a time, whatever you're doing, you got to perform. But we also talk to them about like, okay, your, your preparation, being process oriented. That's where I come in trying to help them mentally understanding like you, you could go three for four and I could make a different, I could not put you in the lineup because the matchup's different. So what we need to get you to do is focus on today, getting better today, and just giving it everything you've got in your very best today. And it takes some guys longer to get there with that and some a little bit shorter. But like you mentioned, you know, like Hawk last year, well, Gavin started game one. Well, Madera also had an injury. You know, he had kind of won a spot, and Colby played well. Gavin's too good of a player to not get in there. So the depth is a great thing from the standpoint. The more depth you have, the more talent you have, yeah, the guys might have a little more pressure, quote, to perform, but that's a good thing because that's how you maximize their potential because they, they know that, hey, everybody's good here. I have, to, I have to work just as hard in the weight room right now as I did before I was a starter. You know, I tell our starters all the time, don't take for granted you're in the lineup every single day. Um, you, you also have to take care of yourself. Injuries, some injuries happen. They just happen, but sometimes – I tell our guys, like, are they happening because you're not taking care of yourself? You're not hydrating, you're not stretching, you're not foam rolling, you're not getting treatment. Um, so our goal as a coaching staff every year is to create as much depth as we can because then you see the inner comp competition. Robert Woodard said it 
said it best, the head coach at Charlotte, who was one of our best pitchers, one of my favorite pitchers I ever coached. He said, I chose North Carolina, and it was the lowest offer I had, but because it was going to make me the best because I was going to have to really work to have a chance to pitch at a school like that. And uh, same thing with Coach Gaines. You know, he big, tall righty from Charlotte. He could have went to a smaller school, but he, he worked, and he got a little bit of time here with some unbelievable pitching staff, so like Alex White, Adam Warren. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, but you're right. You know, the kids have to accept it. Like, you know what? Sometime in my life, like if I get a job in the real world and I've got a deadline, I've got to meet that deadline and it's got to be done well, I've got to do it well. So you, you got to figure that part out. As a coaching staff, and I could spin off into a rabbit hole and I may do it later, but do you have a board? Like I know Anson Dorrance always talks about how they have a board and he ranks his players one to 30 or however many daily. And as a coaching staff, you know, okay, I'm going to play Alex Madera. But he made an error today. Um, maybe the guy behind him should get an opportunity. How do you sort of weigh that as a coaching staff? I know it's early in the season, um, but the season is long. And how do you know, you see where I'm going with that? Like, how do you yeah. decide who gets that opportunity and what does it take for somebody to lose the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, you, we, to answer your question, yes, we do keep our players ranked. Um, you know, we also have a top. In baseball, you're ranking the total player positionally, too. Like, you might be an unbelievable hitter, but can he run the bases? Do you trust him on the bases? Can he defend? Does he have any speed? So there's a total package area there, too. Same thing on the mound. You know, is this guy a low heartbeat guy or a high heartbeat guy? Do we need to get him in early in the season in a low-pressure situation to help him gain a little more confidence? Or is this guy, you know, like a Matt Poston that it doesn't matter? He's got ice water in his veins. You can throw him wherever. Um for me, it always starts on the defensive side. Uh, you know, if you're not defending at a high level consistently, your role gets limited to the DH spot, and we don't want that to be the case. Uh, but it would have to be like a guy like, you know, Madera or Colby, they would really have to, like, just really start stinking because you also have to go by what you've seen, and then you go with what you're – you know, you go with some of your gut too. Like, okay, um, I thought Gavin looked good on opening day, but I also thought – Madera, you know, he, he couldn't practice because he we had a scare that he might be out for two to three months. And we got great news that he wasn't going to be. He had a great round of BP. He's one of our best defenders. And I envisioned that, hey, at times, that's probably going to be our middle infield. Because the one thing we haven't talked about is the plays Madera made at second base. Yeah. I mean, they were really big time. And he also turned a double play extremely fast that we over, you know, we challenged and it got overturned. So, you constantly keep that board, and, and a lot of it is performance-based, but it's also, you know, what you're seeing with your own eyes, especially from the competitive standpoint. Yeah, you're right. We overlook plays in the field when you score 46 runs, but you're, I think Madera is a very good ball player and sliding from short to second and pretty seamless. Um, let, one more question about a player, Caleb Cost. How does it work? People, If I had a nickel for every time somebody said, how does that work with baseball and football? Um, you have to juggle his time, especially when spring football practice starts, right? Because he mm -hmm. is 20 hours total. It's not yep. 20 hours with well, each sport. not now. Game days don't count towards your, your okay. unlimited hours. Um, so it's a little easier when the season starts. Uh, football's been tremendous. It was part of his decision making in the recruiting process that he was gonna he was serious about playing baseball and wasn't gonna go somewhere where he wasn't given that opportunity. Um, you know, we were joking with him the other day, like, what is it like to be that talented? Like, you know, where you can go out there and 
start in a bowl game and then be competitive and have a chance to help us win in baseball. You know, for him, he just walked into a situation where you got Casey Cook, Vance Honeycutt, and D'Onofrio, but all three of those guys are going to be gone. And Caleb knows he's a big part of our program now and moving forward. And he's had some catching up to do with the live at bats. But football has been great. It's constant communication, uh, making sure that, you know, football, us, football and compliance, just to make sure we're, 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 we're taking care of him. But he's full-time baseball right now, and, and they – they're, they're on board 100% with it. Yeah, I tweeted it out. It's pretty cool to see a, a two-sport guy there. Last question. East Carolina, obviously Elon, Tuesday mm-hmm. night, tomorrow night. Yeah, don't uh, be looking past Elon. No, but um, I'm going to for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Elon comes in. It'll be an interesting. you got a couple of Elon products on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come in, and so they might have a little chip on their shoulder. But East Carolina and the, the three-game series – Chapel Hill, Fayetteville, Greenville. How did that come about? And what do you want to see from your team the way that series shakes out? Obviously, East Carolina does not like North Carolina and probably vice versa. But what are you looking for this weekend from your guys, especially the new guys that may have started really well? Can they keep it up? Um, Is the level intensity the same, different? How are you looking at that? Yeah, you know, we've really focused on this season – uh, you know, I'm a big Nick Saban fan, but I'm not just a Nick Saban fan. I'm, I'm Roy, Roy You do Wien quote fan. him a lot, though. I do, but I'm a huge Roy <laughs> Williams fan. You know, I respect our football pro- program and Coach Brown. And you're learning from every coach, but you, you pick some that you really feel like, okay, you just really respect or like how they've done things over a long period of time and sustained success, kind of like Dean Smith. And, you know, we've talked about it more this year than ever is, okay, it starts with us. And, you know, the same process every single day of getting better. And then those results will take care of themselves. Another book, you know, one of my favorite books of all time is The Score Will Take Care of Itself or Winning Will Take Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. And our guys are really bought into that this year. I can see it, you know, but then that's where we come in saying, okay, that's our focus and eliminate the noise got to focus today on Monday. Don't even talk about Elon yet. Like we're going to talk about today. I'll email out the plan for tomorrow. We'll play Elon and we'll get better Wednesday. We'll get better Thursday, but I will talk to our team because I think that's important to understand that part of a big, uh, a factor when you're playing in East Carolina and NC state is emotional control, your poise, um, your positivity, those type of things. Uh, because if, if it gets away from you, it's a weakness. And that's how you you just don't you're not going to be successful if you can't control your emotions. So you can be excited, you can be pumped up, and it's going to happen. But a lot of times in those series, it's a it's a matter of which team can can get back within themselves and just play and compete. Yeah, baseball. What did Yogi say? Baseball is ninety percent mental and fifty percent <laughs> physical. Um, <laughs> it it is a it is a fun game. It is fun. To, to watch some college baseball. It started this past weekend, North Carolina. Pretty dominant at the plate against Wagner. Coach Forbes, as I said, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, same. Thank you guys for doing this. Uh, I feel like baseball is really growing, and I want it you know, to continue to grow. And we need it to grow. We need the support now more than ever because uh, everybody knows what's going on in the world today with, with sports. Absolutely. See them at the Bosch Tuesday night, Friday night, and then in Fayetteville and Greenville over the weekend. That is Scott Forbes. I'm Tommy Ashley. It's Johnny T-Shirt, and it's Congruity. See you guys next week.
Thanks, Tommy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.